Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is In It to Win It. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode one of two. <laughs> this is not going to be what you think it is, unless God told you in advance of me typing it out. As you may already know, my message titles usually come to me before the body of the message. Once I get the title, the message is downloaded, sometimes in the very current clicking of the keyboard keystrokes. Strange, but my ways are not God's ways, although I try as much as spiritually possible. So Randy, who is on American Idol as one of the judges, is believed to have coined this phrase. But my thought is that there is nothing new under the sun, and although it may have been the first time that we have heard something, it doesn't make it new. It only makes it new to us. Well, speaking about new, I was up, and at about 1.30 this morning, I asked for the next message so that I would have a bunch to take with me on my trip to San Diego to visit and to work with one of my board members on content delivery. Before I got the revelation when I went down there, I was very unclear about how I should move forward with this ministry, given some of my documents are over 80 pages in length. I would love to sit on a couch and be interviewed by special guests, who asked me the spiritual questions of the day. Of course, they would be given the question to ask, but would not entirely be held to just those questions. After all, we must leave room for God to work. At least we've become another modern-day church. The problem with this format is that I can speak to so many things that I would add subtlety to the manifestations of the rabbit hole concept. Other options could be that I read from a teleprompter, but that could get boring. In fact, I'm kind of doing that now. I'm just reading from my laptop. Hopefully I'm not boring. Right now we are looking at video presentations whereby we could shoot, edit, and release. That is to post on my YouTube channel. Books and workbooks may also be produced, depending on whether or not God will call me to take on such endeavors. But for now, my lane is content. God has got me this far and will no doubt take me into the unknown future of his will and timing. So but what does the title, In It to Win It, have to do with Christianity? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now that I know I told you that oftentimes I get the title, then the message, but as I was riding home from work with a massive hip pain, I caught myself asking God why. Now I prayed before for others as well as myself, and I've received his very healing touch. In fact, in very miraculous ways. But so should I now boast in what he does through me? Nope. He wills to do it through any one of us. So I am simply doing what he wills. Look, Luke 17, 7, 10. And which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Oh, how we think sometimes we should all receive an Academy Award for our spiritual performance. Shall you toss it at his feet when you see him? Not without getting it kicked back at you, for he will expect a crown, not an award. So back to the question. I caught myself asking God why I was still in pain, 
in fact, why the injury had happened at all, and why have I had this pain for well over a year, which only increased as I was working on my 1997 Honda Valkyrie the night before. I became so angry that I could not do what I thought should take about 30 minutes before the sun had sat and made work in the shop with no electricity impossible. And given that this was my only transportation to work at the time, only added to the level of frustration that exposed stuff in me that I hoped died long ago. I'm not sure if you can drive a screwdriver into a concrete. I'm not sure if you can drive a screwdriver into a concrete floor, but I was so mad I thought it possible just for a moment. Have you ever had this overlapping thing, whereby you are allowing your emotions to get the best of you, and at the same time, hence overlapping? You know that what you are currently doing is just unacceptable? All at the same time? What a mess. I went into the house and went to bed embarrassed and ashamed that I could behave in such a manner in front of my God. But so in a flash driveway, it occurred to me, well, I think God showed me something in a flash, and that is that it only makes sense to be in need of something in order to access the solution. So check it out. I went to Paul's journey to Rome while he was on a ship destined to be destroyed. And what makes the story more interesting is that Paul knew in advance that this would happen, even trying to prevent the great loss. But God had other plans, you see. If Paul wasn't on that ship, all would have been lost, including human lives aboard the ship. So Paul was in it to win it because, and not that he had a choice in the matter, he was able to lead the ship's crew through a life-threatening situation without the loss of life. So he had to be in the middle of trouble in order to be positioned to be used by God. I'll say it again. He had to be in the midst of trouble, right in the very middle of it, to be in the will of God for him at that moment. Okay, he had a discussion with an angel. Acts chapter 27, 28, 1 through 13. The story is worth looking into because you will see God moving in the dangers for specific and calculated reasons. Now, I suppose Paul could have asked God why, but he didn't because, and it's just my belief, that why had been removed from his vocabulary while on the road to Damascus. So we could look at other such events whereby danger was lurking only to provide an opportunity for God to work. Now, in some cases, it required faith or belief. And at other times, God just wanted to show off. In the case of Lazarus, he allowed him to go to sleep. Then Jesus showed up. Why? John 11 verse 4 states, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So what did he just say? Not unto death. And as we know, he states in verse 11 that Lazarus was sleeping, not dead. But because Jesus was dealing with hard-headed knuckleheads, of which we are all at one time or another, he stated in verse 14 that he was dead. I believe he stated this because it was a language that he knew they could understand. They at that time could not get the revelation that when we leave this planet, we enter his rest. We do not actually die. Ha, not now, Ken. Let's stay of the course. So you can read the whole story in John 11, 1 through 44. Lazarus had to go to sleep in order for God to do something specific. Of course Jesus was in it to win it. But oh, how when we ask questions not related to the scene of God, we can get so confused as to what is actually happening in the smack dab. 
Okay, so enough soft stories. Let's get into why things happen, since we still have the why question even today. The point I'm trying to make here is that God moves in the misery of the world to separate himself from our condition and to include himself in our condition. You see, if I did not lack financial resources, I would have no need for faith in my finances. I know we have Christians, and if they are blessed in finances, they will need the faith to expend and or distribute those resources in the will of God and through his purposes. Oh, how difficult it is for most to receive large amounts of money and hold on to it long enough and wait for God to tell them what his intentions are for those resources. Perhaps this is why the camel story was spoken by our Lord, Matthew 19:24. Over 90% of lottery winners go broke. I wonder how many of them are Christians who won, waited to distribute the resources according to the will and purpose of God. I mean, I'm sure it happened where someone went broke for the kingdom of God, right? John G. Lake was a millionaire who gave it all away. Nope, all away, in order to go on a journey to Africa with nothing in his pocket. So see, it can happen. And I'm not saying that everyone is called to go broke for God. Sometimes he stores up wealth for the next generation. Just look at King David and his son Solomon. But so now back to scripture skipping. I will cruise through Matthew and point out the why. So you can see that all the uncomfortable things we encounter in this life have purpose. And if we align ourselves with his will, the purpose can be that he would heal us, wake us up from a nap, deliver us, set us free from curses, break off the strongholds of sin in our life, provide resources to meet our needs, promote us at work, bring someone else in the blessing by sending them to us to provide for a specific need. Oh, he is always working on our behalf. And how much more could he do so if we lived in it to win it? 2 Corinthians 11, 20, 31. In Matthew 1, 18, 20, Joseph was placed in a very awkward position in that his wife was with child before they had gotten married. Okay, so imagine coming home and your wife says she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit and not to worry because God did it and not another man. I mean, What? And keep in mind, being pregnant outside of marriage back in those days was a very big life and death deal. And what are the pre-Jerry Springer types who love a good gossip? What shall their relentless stories do to your thoughts in the night? Not sure? Okay, so try an experiment. And go tell the people, not just anyone, but those who you know very well. And tell them that story, right? Okay, so but time would vindicate them and bring about the greatest birth to have ever happened on this earth. God in whom was stated of him in John 1, 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy. It creates space for the light of life to shine through in people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.